All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Balcony Chatter podcast. Uh, today, we are back with another guest as well. Uh, really looking forward to this one for a while. So um, so today, we're joined by a, a former Bruin uh, who played part in six seasons with Boston and was drafted in 2010, number 45 overall, uh, Ryan Spooner. Ryan, thank you for joining us today. Uh, no problem. Uh, so we're we're in different time zones. Actually, all three of us are in different different time zones. Tim's in L.A. Um, I am in Boston area. And for those people out there who don't know, where where are you right now? I'm in Nymph, which is in Belarus. Um, it's nine o'clock at nighttime for me now. So yeah, so they're seven seven hours ahead of of uh, Eastern time, and. Yep. So that's that's a pretty big jump. I mean, we kind of had to do a little bit of coordinating on that to to get it together. But um, I, like I said, we've been really looking forward to this, so we were going to make it work with whatever we needed to do. So, uh, so so are you? You're currently playing right now, right? Obviously not right this minute, but you're you're playing. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a bit of a weird season. We we had our first game canceled against the Finnish team because. Um, they didn't want to come and play us because of all the politics stuff that was kind of going on here. And they decided um, it was best for their team um, to forfeit the game. So we ended up winning that game. And then our last game got postponed because the team we were playing against, uh, a couple of their players were sick. So we're, it's been a bit of a weird season, um, trying to stay safe and all that kind of stuff. But it's uh, definitely been uh some new stuff um, that's kind of going on here. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, w- I was actually curious about that. If you are playing, are they allowing fans at all to any of the games? Yeah. Our, um, our rank's pretty packed. Actually, we have um, the whole bottom bowl is completely filled um, for the most part. Um, I'd say we're probably at about 40% capacity. Um and then it kind of depends on which team we play against. They all have like different, like different rules that they follow. Some teams aren't as busy. Um, it all depends on where you're playing and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's a lot more relaxed here than it is in the states and in Canada. There's there's not really people aren't really wearing any masks. Um, there's no rules for anything. Um, it's just like normal life here. So did you? Um, but being a player. Yeah. Did you uh did you have any games there pre-COVID? Like last season or this? Season? Yeah, that last season. So like like basically my my question oh. is like did you do you have like a comparison like is the is the 40% good for you? Like do you in is that still give you the feeling or can you is there clearly 60% missing or how is that for you as a player with how many people are there? Um Last year we we had a couple a couple games where we had like fifteen thousand fans at the games and stuff like that. Um, and then as our team started losing and losing, we were down to about seven or eight thousand. And then this year, I'd say we're probably at around um, maybe like three to five. I'd, I'd say so. Uh, I, I don't really notice a difference. I'm just there to play hockey. I mean. Um, I do notice that there's fans that are missing, but um, it's nice to have some people in the stands. So um, I'm not going to complain about it. 
So it's funny because you were saying that nobody's really wearing masks. Is that is that basically everywhere? You know, not just in in the stadiums and stuff. Is that like what's the the COVID nineteen situation like all around you outside of hockey as well? Um, from what I've heard, they they had a brief period where they were being very serious about stuff um, in Belarus and in Russia. Um, I, I can't really make a comment on Russia because I've I've only been to Moscow once and we weren't allowed to leave the hotel. Um, but from what I've heard in Russia, they, they were taking things pretty serious because I think Moscow got hit pretty hard. Um, but in Belarus, like I, I think that, um, they were being careful for like a couple months or something, but now, um, I haven't heard much about it. Uh, the malls are packed, the restaurants are packed, bars, the games, all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, and nobody really wears masks or anything from what I've seen. So, so how, how do you, how do you feel about it? Do you feel like it's unsafe or do you feel like it's just sort of normal and that's kind of what it's like now out there? Because out here it's, I mean, everybody is, there's a lot of divide as far as wearing masks, not wearing masks, but, um, the, a lot of restaurants and a lot of places like that, they do require it. You can't go in there stores, um, without them. So mm-hmm. do you feel like it's sort of just different where you're at now and it, and it's not really a big deal or are you feeling like a little concerned about people not wearing masks or anything like that? Well, it's kind of one of those things where if I wear a mask and nobody else is wearing a mask, it's, it's not really doing anything. Yeah. So, uh, we actually get tested every five days. I, I think is the rule. Okay. So, um, that's actually really good. Uh, so every, fifth day we we can tell if we have it or not um i don't think about it a lot i just uh try to go to the rank and play and um if i need to go out and get some food and stuff like that then i do that and i just make and i just make it quick and if i go out to eat um just try to be careful but um it's not it's not really a thing here so i I just try not to think about it that's fair i mean it seems like you know hockey is the is what you're there to do and and if you're being safe otherwise then you know it's really all all that you can do so um yeah exactly i, I gotta i gotta tell you man i'm jealous <laughs> yeah in los angeles it yeah. is just shoved down my throat every single day so that's nice it's yeah, like it's some good escapism. yeah yeah it's a lot yeah yeah um so so yeah i mean Definitely. we're all hoping that this thing goes away as soon as possible i mean it's it's awful sure. what's going on with with the health of certain people and it also it's unfortunate that it can it can be such a divide between people but it is what it is mm-hmm. and we're all just hoping that you know it gets better as quick as possible because normal life For is sure. a lot better than what's going on right now so i agree we're not loving bubble um, hockey <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> results included so, so as I said at the beginning of the episode, and also correct me if I'm wrong, you were drafted by the Bruins forty-five or four, number forty-five overall in 2010, correct? Yeah. So uh, the beginning of your career, you played a bunch of games in the OHL, AHL, and stuff like that before making your way up to Boston. Um, yep. And you know, I I watched a bunch of the um, Providence Bruins stuff, like to know because. So I'm a I'm a season ticket holder. I go to a ton of games. Tim and I are, are you know we watch all the games and stuff like that. But 
there's obviously there's certain players that when they come up in the AHL, you start hearing about them because they either have a really good season or they're they're really hot at the time. And so I had, I had heard about you before you would come to the Bruins, but I thought it was very um, fascinating that you kind of got your start against Montreal. I mean, that's that's a tough that's a tough one to just jump into your first NHL kind of debut Bruins versus Canadians. Yeah, it was. Um, I actually remember we were done. We were done a practice day, and I got the call that I was going to uh, that I was going to go and play. Um, that was kind of funny because I was actually uh, I was actually a Habs fan when I was younger. So um, I called my dad, and my dad also was a Habs fan too. So he was uh, he was happy for me, but he, he was a little <laughs> bit pissed that he had to go to the Bell Center. And wear like a Bruins jersey. Yeah. So um, I didn't end up playing a lot in the first game. Uh, I do actually remember though, my first shift I was playing um, on the elbow on the power play, which is technically you are a defenseman. Uh, so I was extremely nervous for my first shift, and I ended up playing I think five and a half minutes. So it was, was kind of cool just to just to be in the Bell Center uh, for my first game, and um, yeah. Yeah, it it's I was going to ask you, you know, what was your thought going into that because that's that's also an even tougher position to be in on your fir- your very first shift in your very first NHL game, but um it's funny that you say that you you were a Montreal fan growing up because I was going to ask knowing that you're from Ottawa if you were a Senators fan. Um uh, yeah. But because it it probably would have made it a little bit easier being on the Bruins to kind of already feel that rivalry against Montreal or teams like Toronto and stuff like that. But being a Habs fan, that must have been an even different, like you said, it's a different experience for you, especially because your family is that way as well. Like they, they're obviously, they're going to root for you, but of all the teams you could have possibly went to, they got to root for you on the, on the Bruins going up against them. I think, uh, I think his dad had it harder. <laughs> Having to win yeah, that exactly. Bruins in the Bell Center for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, um, I pretty much a Habs fan because my dad was a Habs fan. So when I was younger, I, um, I remember watching when, when they had, uh, Michael Ryder and they had, uh, uh, Saku Koivu and all those players, uh, that's kind of when I was a fan. Um, so in the first game I played, I, I, I just went there and I just tried to, I guess, enjoy the experience and um i i don't really remember much about kind of my feelings and stuff like that um i know that i was extremely nervous to play uh, i didn't want to mess up um that's all that i can really remember so i look back at that roster of that team that you you were on um and there's so many veteran players there were so many big names on that team that um had already kind of been around the block for a while and i mean you obviously you have chara you have um, Bergeron and, and the, those guys still, but was there anybody that gave you any advice going into that game to basically just, you know, just go out there and have fun and don't try not to get, let the nerves get to you or is there anything that you remember anyone specifically saying to you that kind of helped you going into that game? Honestly, I don't really remember much about it. Um, I remember the coaching staff, uh, they, they kind of just said like, just go out there and just, have some fun, uh, just play the same way that you have been and uh, enjoy the experience. And um, I think when you're like 
a younger player um, in your first like season, um, it's it's kind of normal to be a little bit nervous and all that kind of stuff. But um, I remember my second and third and fourth game. I, I think I played like 16 minutes in one of them, and the next game I played like 13 or 14. So it was kind of nice the first game that um, I didn't play a lot because I kind of got to just sit back and kind of watch it all and um, just get a feel for it. So that was definitely good. Yeah, and it, it, so I, I did a little bit of research into, you know, the games that you had played and stuff, and it wasn't really until a couple of years later that you eventually played basically two full seasons for Boston. Yeah. Um, I remember getting called up. I played, I think, four games when I was 20. I was a rookie in the American League, and then I ended up playing – 22 games or something and then 30 games um i actually remember that i didn't score in like 40 some games and i was getting i was getting a little bit nervous because i'm like if i don't score here soon i'm not going to be on the team anymore so um i remember that that was kind of in the back of my mind but um i was still young so i was kind of getting benefit of the doubt um and then i'm and then i ended up scoring my first goal it was in like my 43rd game or something like that uh, it was against uh, it was the New Jersey Devils, so um, just happy that happened. Yeah, was that sort of like a a weight off your shoulders to get that first one? Yeah, I was just kind of thinking I was going to go my entire career without scoring a goal. It's kind of where I was at. <laughs> oh, I was man. like, I haven't scored in in like forty games. I'm like, I don't even care. Um, I think I had like twenty some assists or something like that. So. I was just just trying to tell, I guess, myself that I'm fine just not scoring anymore. So, and then <laughs> I ended up scoring, and, and uh, um, I, I don't even remember uh, if I scored a lot after that goal, but um, I was just extremely happy that I could help out. So, so what was that switch? I mean, we know that the AHL and the NHL are are obviously different leagues and there's there's a reason I mean but what was that that switch like from the AHL to the NHL I mean obviously you're playing against um tougher players whether it's it's physically or mentally was it was it a hard transition or was it sort of like um I just need to go out there and and try to play my best and uh try to compete against these guys that are a step up above the the AHL level um yeah, I'm. I mean, I I don't really think skill was ever the issue for me. I I think when you when you're a player in the minors and you're used to playing on the first line and on the first power play unit and you're playing 20 minutes a night and then you get called up and you're not on the first power play unit and you're on the third line, your game has to change a little bit. And a lot of the times, the majority of players have a difficult time trying to figure out how to do that because a lot of players like myself being on the first power play unit you're kind of used to touching the puck a lot on there and you get to make some plays and when you're not on that um it's harder to get i guess the feel of the game right so um i just kind of remember that like i was trying to find a way to play the same game but i wasn't in the same spot to kind of produce the same way so I, I had to kind of change my game a little bit and just uh, play play a little bit of a different style. And um, that's probably the hardest thing when you come up from the minors. Is you're used to being the go-to guy and then you get called up and that's not how it is anymore. And you have to find a way to 
be successful without being that guy. Right. Uh, I'd say that's probably the hardest thing that a lot of guys um, struggle with. So That makes sense. I mean, it definitely it's – you can't really go into another league – whether it's the NHL or, or any league in general and just expect to have the same sort of production or match up the same way as you did on a different team because it, it's just – it could be a completely different um, scenario altogether. Exactly, yeah. yeah and you got to uh, imagine each and every one of those guys was the guy at some point, where, wherever they came from before. Yeah. For the most part, yeah, I'd say that. 75% of them, I mean, there's some of them that they've always kind of been a penalty killer or like a good defensive guy, but I'd say the majority of players, whether it was in junior or uh, in the minor leagues and stuff like that, they were probably on the first or second lines and on the first power play unit. And you kind of need to find your own way. Um, for me, I eventually was on the first power play unit, which helped which helped me out a ton, but um, it's some time for me to get there. So, uh, so we talked recently. We did an episode with Bobby Robinson, and he was basically saying um, everything changed for him when he realized that he was doing a lot of complaining, and that he realized that that wasn't the way to go. So he had sort of this this mindset that that changed altogether. Was there anything in your either early hockey career or even just in the NHL that kind of clicked in your head. Maybe it was something, you know, some good advice that somebody gave you or you had a really good coach that helped with your progression and, and helped you be a better player. Was there anything that you remember specifically where um, it kind of it changed the way that you see the game or play the game? Um, I'm trying to think back. Um, I that the majority of coaches that I've had um, they've kind of had a similar message for me they pretty much said that um, I've always had a ton of skill uh, but I need to work on my work ethic side of things and they all basically said to me that um, if I don't improve in that then I'm not going to be able to play in the league so like they would always just say to me they basically say like just, just go out there just work hard the rest of the game will come to you because you're skilled um, I remember in some games, uh, the puck just didn't follow me. Uh, I just didn't feel good. Um, and in those games, it, it probably took me about three or four years, um, to realize that it just kind of work. You just work hard and, um, do all the little things. And, um, that's all you can really do. And I mean, when I look back on my entire career, I wish I could change a decent, a decent amount of things, and um, I don't think I played as long as I possibly could have because I don't think I had the commitment that I needed to. But um, that's in the past now, and it was a good kind of learning experience. And um, I'm just happy for the times I had there. Um, yeah. So I I noticed I, I I'm glad that we we have you here because I'm I'm curious about maybe you have a perspective on this being a hockey player. I notice a lot of younger players when I watch the, around the league, if they tend to like get down on themselves in the game, it, it's over for them. They can't seem to dig themselves out of that hole. Is that more of like a mental thing or is that more of a, um, you know, you just don't feel the puck luck that night or what is it? You know, like I've seen players that 
Um, they've hit the post a handful of times, and they don't. They're all around the net, but they can't score, and then they just kind of give up on the play or give up on the rest of the game, and the game's not over, and maybe they're already on to the next game. Is there is there like a big mental side of the, um, you know, I'm down on myself, and let's just move on to the next game before this one's even over? Yeah, I think being a young guy, it, it can be extremely stressful because you, you only have like a small window where you play well, right? And if you don't play well, then they bring up the next guy. And if he doesn't play well, they bring up the next guy. And then there's always going to be that one guy who plays well in that small kind of window. And um, he's going to be the guy that gets the, I guess he's going to be the one that gets the uh, job. Um, so being a young player, if, if you play in a game and you have some chances to score and you don't score, then yeah, it's kind of easy to be down on yourself and all that kind of stuff. So, um, if I could go back, uh, back in time, I would probably just, uh, try to not put as much pressure, um, on, on myself and just play and just try to have fun. There's going to be games where you're not playing well. And in those games, you just need to have like a B game, you know, just, uh, get, get the pucks in deep, uh, just be good on face offs, um, try not to hurt the team, um. I'd say that that's the advice that I would give to some players now. That sounds like pretty solid advice to me because, like I said, it it, it seems like it can be tough for young guys, and it, it must be that pressure of, you know, if I don't perform, they're just going to take somebody else. I mean, there's a million hockey players in the world, or, you know, if you look at the AHL, there's thousands of players of a pool to, to pull from, but um, I could see why it, that added pressure is just – something that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want on me. So I can understand that. Yeah. It's, um, it's something that a lot of people don't really get is like being a young player. It comes with a lot of stress because you, you, you don't have the same, um, kind of leeway, right? Like you have a small window, you have to play well in that. And if you don't, that could be like your last chance ever. Right. So, um, the mental side of things, there's, a lot of players who have all the skill in the world, but they probably just can't handle all that kind of pressure, right? So it's um, it's unfortunate that that's kind of the way the game is, but um, it's just what it is. Not to mention hockey fans are brutal, and, and Boston too. I mean, Boston loves their sports, but they can also yeah. be very tough on players and, and coaches even all the time. You know, it, I don't think that some people really think or, or look into it as, you know, they're a person too. They're not just a player. I mean, they have – people make mistakes. People don't play to their best or they can't always perform like a star. It, it's just it, – I can understand how it would be tough. Yeah, it's um, definitely one thing that I, I don't miss. Um, it's nice being here because you, you don't have the same kind of media attention and – uh, there's going to be nights where you're not playing great and I don't hear about it. Right. Um, I can just go out and play and it is what it is. And, um, I don't miss where I would be having to talk to the media and all this other kind of stuff. And, um, it's just stuff that just doesn't help out, um, with the mental side of things. And, um, yeah, that's probably one thing I'd say that I don't miss about playing. Um, there's all like the negative stuff said by the fans and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of nice to be 
not a part of that anymore. But at the same time, too, all all the fans and all the teams I played for, they were also great, and um, all the support was was excellent too. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, talk talk about added pressure is if you didn't if you thought that you had a bad game the media is going to tell you that you had a bad game as well and the fans and things like that. The NHL fans are brutal all around the league. I'm not just talking Boston. I mean, they they, yeah. they love their sport. They love their teams. Um, but they sometimes can be brutal, man. It's, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the, uh, the one thing that I can say is that every single player that goes out there to play, they want to play their best. They want to help out the team win. It's not like we're going out there and not trying or trying to lose or trying to not make a play. Like I, I think that sometimes people forget that um, we are human. We do mess up. Um, we do have feelings. Um, and it's, uh, it's a shame that sometimes people can act like that. Um, but I think that's just, the passion that they have for their team uh some people just can't really control it but it is it is what it is it's part of the game and uh that's why you have to have a thick skin when you play hockey because uh if you don't you'll get chewed up pretty quickly it's what i've learned i i completely agree agree with you because people will scream at a player on a tv just as much as they scream at an nhl 20 player on on playstation because they they didn't make a play so they don't actually <laughs> think about you know it's not not nobody's perfect nothing's perfect so i mean you gotta, yeah. you gotta just realize that if you make a pass and you make ten passes, not every single one is going to be perfect. I mean, it's it's just like you said. Sometimes they don't really think about that's that's a human. Like you, I would like yep. to see you go out on the ice. I could never do anything that any NHL player has ever done, um, <laughs> yeah. except for maybe fall down. Uh, but that's about <laughs> it. But it happens at times. Yeah. Uh, so one other actually big event that happened in Boston that I want to talk to you about was the Winter Classic. Yep. Uh, we don't necessarily have to talk about the outcome of that game. Well, I, I'd ten- prefer almost not to, having been six <laughs> rows back. <laughs> yeah. So the, all three of us were there. Uh, two of us yeah. were watching. Um, but what was that experience kind of like for you? Is that uh, it's it's sort of like a big? Obviously, it's a big event. Um, aside from the playoffs, it's the biggest event of the year, I would say, um, in the hockey mm-hmm. season. And it sort of kind of brings, if, if I was a hockey player, it would kind of bring me back to where I'd started. A lot of players, especially, you know, Canadian players started out playing on ponds or lakes or whatever. And you go back yep. to playing outdoors and especially, I mean, you're playing with all your friends, your teammates, like how was that experience for you? Um, I do remember about that game. I, I think, we were missing, I think Marshawn was out, and I think Fergie might have been out too. So I, I think we were missing both of them. So going into that game, um, I remember the team was focused on just going out there and playing like a simple game and all that kind of stuff. I just kind of remember we were talking about that. Um, the ice wasn't great. Um, we got actually extremely lucky because it, it was only like minus two or something like that. It wasn't freezing. I was kind of worried about it being like minus 15 or minus 20 because I've watched games before and I've seen the players with like the toques on and the yeah. freezing. Um, so we got lucky that it wasn't extremely cold and the ice in the game actually wasn't that bad. Um, I was just, uh, I don't remember tons about it because it was like 
five or six years ago, but I just kind of remember that my family was in town and it was just kind of, um, it was a moment that I could share with them. And, um, it, it was just a unique experience that I'm not going to experience again. Right. It's something that I'm, that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. And, uh, it sucks that we lost, but, um, yeah, it was definitely a very cool experience. And you got a point. Uh, to have all the fans there. <laughs> you got a point that day. Uh, yeah, I did, and that's actually the game that I got robbed on the on the five on four. I had the wide open net, and the goalie gloved, and he actually gloved it on me. Um, definitely should have scored that one. So hey, sorry I- about that. <laughs> Um, I actually, so this just came to me. I'm curious because you had said that you um, were a Montreal fan growing up. So did you guys, Canada doesn't have a football team, but I noticed that a lot of Montreal fans are, are Patriots fans. So did your, did you guys follow um, football at all while you were growing up? Was that a thing? Were you guys Patriots fans or football fans at all? I was Cowboys fan. Okay. I, yeah. I, I want. Uh, I always wondered that too. Is it just like you know, if you don't have a team, do you just sort of choose who you who you like? Yeah, I mean, my dad was a fan of the Cowboys, so I was a fan of the Cowboys. Um, when I moved to Boston, I was a Pats fan. I learned that extremely quickly that if you're from Boston, you have to cheer for the Pats. <laughs> um, um, and I remember I, I was wearing a Yankees hat, um, and I was told probably on my second day wearing it to switch to a, to a Red Sox hat. So I went out and I bought a Sox hat <laughs> and I threw out the Yankees hat. Probably a good call. Um, yeah. that's just, as excess, we said earlier, that's just excess not being treated, treated like a human from Boston fans yeah. that you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, as we said earlier, Bruins or Boston fans can be pretty brutal. So that was probably a good call. Whoever gave you that advice is probably right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Help me out. But yeah, I I just I found that strange when when uh, we went to the Winter Classic, there was so many Montreal fans wearing Patriots gear and Montreal gear at the same time. I just um, I just found that kind of odd, and I was just curious if that was something that you had experienced growing up. A bunch of my buddies are fans of the Pats. Um, maybe because it's close, I have no idea, um, or because they're good. But I honestly do not know. I think I'm matching colors too. So yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But like, like I said, the outcome of that game not exactly what what all three of us probably wanted to see. But it was so much fun, and and uh, you know, I it's cool to get your perspective on it because we're the ones sitting there watching you guys play, but you actually get to go out there and, and participate and and do that was. One last thing I wanted to ask about that was the was leading up to that sort of like any other game. Do you prep for that game the same way, or is it sort of like a different feeling of? Uh, I know you guys had the the skate outdoors there, the practice skate and all that, but um, do you guys just prep for that game like it's just any other game, or is there anything special? It's pretty much the same thing. I, I think guys they all do like the similar stuff. Um, again, I, I don't really remember exactly what I did. Um, I do actually remember that, um, I was a little bit nervous cause I wasn't sure like what, what to expect with the ice and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but I actually had an extremely fun time in the game and, um, I think I ended up playing, I think like 
18 or 19 minutes in that game, which was probably the most I played in the entire year. Um, cause we were missing, I, I think three, I think three forwards or something like that. So, um, sucks that we lost, but, um, again, when I'm six or seven, I look back at my entire career. It's going to be one of the games that I for sure, that I for sure think about. Yeah. With, with that That's too, awesome. this, I know you don't remember a lot from it, but, uh, did you see midnight? Like, did you see New Year's the night before, or are you just you're like I'm out? I got a big game tomorrow. I'm going um, our game was at, I think our game was at one, right? One or one noon? Or yeah, one or noon. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I I think I fell asleep at like eleven o'clock, so I, I don't think that I stayed up. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I probably would have went to bed at eleven because we would have been up at like eight or something like that. I wish I did. Um, so, so we've been asking you a bunch about older stuff that um, you know we're we're asking you five, six, seven years ago. Uh, are there any specific Bruins? Is there a game or anything that you remember specifically? You know, like a um, a comeback game or or something that you participated in that you feel like was one of the the best games or memorable things in your career. Um, so when I got called up, it would have been my third season. I was playing on the line with Lucic and Pasta. And, um, I remember we were probably like a handful of games out, out of the playoffs, maybe like four to six points or something like that. And I remember I was there for 24 games at the end of the year. Uh, we ended up missing the playoffs, I think by one point, or we might've actually tied the wins. I think they might've won their last game. We both had 95 points. I remember that stretch because the team was playing well. Um, the line I was playing on, we were also playing well. And that's the season that I played in where the following year was my first full season up. So um, I just remember that it was about two months uh, where the team was playing well. We were winning a lot of games. And it, it was just fun to be a part of. It was, it was a good feeling. Um, when you're kind of winning games and you're getting back into the playoff hunt and all that kind of stuff, it was just like fun to be a part of. And I, I was young and I was like trying to work my way into the lineup. And, um, that's definitely something or like a stretch that I definitely remember, um, from when I was younger. That's awesome. Um, was there anyone specifically, so I always wonder this stuff too. Was there anyone specifically that you remember playing with that, um, you felt like you really clicked with or that you felt like you had a lot of good chemistry with going into um, the, the full, whether it be the full season or the, the almost full season after that, um, anybody that you feel like you played very well with? Well, I'd say like my best time came when I played on the line with Pasta. Um, that's probably because he's one of the best players in the league, but <laughs> um, he was, he was pretty young at the time. He He was only 20. So, uh, he was still trying to find his kind of way in the league and he wasn't scoring as much. And, um, but me and him, we, we seemed to click. And, uh, and then the fact that we had Luch there too, he, he would go to the front of the net and he, he was good on the cycle. And he, he was somebody that we both kind of looked up to and he would help us out with a bunch of stuff. So I'd probably say that that's kind of a line that I enjoyed to play on. And then when I played with Kretsch too, um, again, he's not hard to play with, uh, he slows down the game, and he can make and he can make plays and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'd probably say those those two guys. 
Or three so guys. did you see Those... Pasta's success coming from a mile away? Like, are, are, is any part of you like, wow, he's he's exceeded my expectations? Or did, did you see this coming from playing with him? Yeah, because the first year I played with him, he was like, he was really skinny. Um, he, he was just a kid. He spoke a little bit of English, and he made a lot of mistakes in his first year. Um, again, because he was, I think, 18 or 19. But you can see that he can shoot the puck and he can skate and he can make he can make all like the fancy plays and all that kind of stuff. What have I said at that time? He's going to be one of the best goal one of the best goal scorers in the league. No, I, I probably wouldn't have said that, but um, I'm happy that I'm wrong because he's he's a fantastic kid and um, he's done extremely well for himself. So uh, it's really good to see. I think he might he might turn out to be all right, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Honestly, that was one of the biggest bummers of uh, the shutdown was just not getting to see what he would have made of this full year. Yeah, no, it's uh, it sucks for a decent amount of people. It was uh, an unfortunate thing that happened, but um, yeah, we're rolling on. Yep. Um, so, something else that I wanted to talk to you about was the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2018, you ended up getting traded to to the Rangers, and you know up to this point, you had basically spent your whole career in Boston. Well, the organization, whether it be Providence or in Boston. Um, so, did you have any feeling going into that 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 was coming, or was that kind of did that kind of blindside you a little bit? I had zero idea. We were in Buffalo, and I was napping, and Sweeney came came to my room, and he he basically told me that I was. I was going to be playing that night for the Rangers. Uh, I didn't hear a single word about it. It's kind of funny because the years in the past, I heard tons of stuff about me me being traded here or there, and I never got traded. And the one year that I didn't hear one thing, I ended up getting traded. Um, it came as a surprise to me. I, I was I was upset because I I was enjoying the year. I was playing on a really good line. The team was doing well. And then I had to move and all that kind of stuff. It's it's not um, it's not fun to do, but it's part of the job, and you have to kind of be ready for it. And um, I did well for the rest of the year there. Um, but if I could go back in time, I would rather not have been traded because it's uh, kind of when my career um, kind of fell off of a cliff, I guess you could say. <laughs> so does so. does that? You know, you were saying that every year up to that point, you had kind of felt like, you, or you had seen the rumor or the the speculation or tr- potential mock trades or whatever you might want to call them by, you know, reporters or fans or whoever it may be. But does that get into your head as well around trade deadline time on the years that you did feel like you could have potentially been traded? Do you think, you know, oh well, this could be my last game, or or I need to, um, I, what what kind of goes through your head through that time? Um, just try to play well. Uh, if you play well, you get traded, then there's a better chance that you're going to play more in the team that you go to. And uh, and then if you don't get traded, you're still playing well, and you help with the team that you're on. It's just just all about if you play well, it's going to work out. If you get traded, or you don't get traded. So um, again, there's, there's nothing that I can do about it. Um, you just got to go out and just focus on the 
the game that you can play and that's all you can really do so yeah so and you all you had also said kind of you felt like that was where your career sort of went downward a little bit because you went to the rangers um you ended up going to edmonton and then vancouver to before mm-hmm. before you ended up landing where you are currently um, yeah a lot um, more moves yeah yeah suitcase all over the place <laughs> Did it feel um, like you were sort of living out of a suitcase at one point? Yeah, like if I'm being honest, that last year I played, I probably talked talked to my parents like every second day, and I was ready to come home. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not fun. Um, it was extremely hard to go to the rink and play. I mean, I had zero will to go and put on my skates and play hockey. Um, the only reason why I was going was because it was my job and I was getting paid and I had to go. Yeah. Um, but, no, it was a difficult year, uh, but looking back on it now, um, I think that I learned from it and I matured from it, um, and it's kind of unfortunate um, how it went down, because I think that I could still be playing in the league, and I think I had the skill to be playing there, but um, that's just not kind of how it is now, but... Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of weird stuff that kind of went on that year that um, doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but um, it's in the past now, so um, I'm happy where I am now, and and I'm enjoying the game again, which is the most important thing. Yeah, I, I'm curious about that because you kind of felt like the towards the end of the NHL career that you might be done with hockey is what it sounded like. So what made you kind of make the switch over to the KHL and feel like you wanted to continue to play hockey? Um, again, I, I was only 27, and I didn't go to college or anything, so it's kind of the only thing that I knew how to do, right? So it's, uh, it was my job, and I ended up going over to Switzerland. Um, and when I got to Switzerland, I didn't get off to a good start there. The coach I had there didn't uh, – he didn't like – like like me as a player I uh, wasn't really playing and then I ended up uh, just telling them that I was going to leave I was like hey I'm, I'm done with this I'm going to go to the KHL and then I came to the KHL and um, I'm playing for a coach now that he plays me a lot and he likes me as a player and um, I've, I've been doing well I've, I've always been the type of guy where if I play on a team and the coach lets me like, play my, my sort of I guess game like I still have to work hard I still have to do all that kind of stuff but it's always been been the coaches who try to put the handcuffs on me and say we don't want you to play with skill just dump just dump the puck in and just make sure you're hitting and working hard it's it's never really worked um I haven't been able to produce and then I ended up not not really playing and stuff like that but when I've had coaches that appreciate my skill and appreciate what I can bring to the table, I've, I've always been a successful player. So um, I, I have a coach here who um, he lets me play and, uh, and, and I've been playing well. So um, this is probably uh, the happiest I've been in a long time playing hockey. So it's good. Yeah, it, se- it, it seems a bit counterproductive to tell a player not to play to his strengths and expect him to still continue to play well and, you know, be a, a part of the team. I mean, it seems like, you're almost being set up to fail in that scenario. So I've I've had coaches before who have told me 
um, don't make a play. They're like, as soon as you get the puck, just chip it off the board. I don't care if somebody is wide open. They're like, um, just take it, chip it, and go chase it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty skilled player. I can make plays. If somebody's open, I, I feel like I should be able to make a play. Right. And I've had coaches who say to me, no, you can't do that. The next day, they show me all the tape about like, oh, you tried to make this play, like just chip it in deep. So then what, what kind of happens with that is I don't make plays and then they turn around and say, well, you're not scoring or you're not getting a assist or you're not making plays. Like why? And no. I'm like, well, you were just telling me to not make plays. You were telling me to chip the puck in deep. That's not what I'm good at. If you would have just let me be and make the plays that I want to do, I probably would have been successful. So that's like, the last year I played, I had a couple coaches who were, um, I honestly think they enjoyed just mess, just kind of messing with me. They were just telling me stuff, and they turn around and tell me the complete opposite. It was very weird, but I'm glad that that's, that's over with now. Well, it makes sense why you would be a little, um, you know, not not ready to go to the rink every single day. You know, not not wanting to participate in the in the games or. I can only imagine that practices almost felt sort of useless to you because, you know, you're just you're going to tell me what I'm going to do regardless of what I'm capable of doing. So yeah. what am I practicing for? Just to ju- dump and chase or, or, you know, dump the puck and make a line change? What, what, what's the point? So, um, Yeah. And the, and the worst part about all that is they, like, they make it seem like it's your fault, which, yes, it is my fault. I'm not playing the way that I should be, but the same – the same time too like you would think if if you had a coach he would try to help you out to be the best that you can be and see like we have a guy that can make plays and in the past they could watch tape and be like this is the way he's played like let him play that way right but no they try to change and form you into something that you're not really good at um and that that's kind of when my career went down that's just um, so strange. You would just think like any coach is just like you want to play the player to their strength. That's what's going to help your team the most. It's just weird right. for them to try to put you in a yeah. box. Like that's. Oh yeah, and that's like another thing too that fans like they don't see right. Like they they see one player play like a certain way on one team, and then they get traded, and then they're like, "Well, it's not the same player." It's like, well, maybe Coach A was letting them play how we wanted to play, and wasn't telling them you're. You're not allowed to make plays to the middle. You have to chip the puck in. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. You know how hard it is to play when you're not allowed to do certain things and the first thing that comes in your mind is that play, but you're not allowed to do it. It's pretty much impossible to play hockey. Not to mention, your you, own you, you can't even showcase your own skills for a team that might want to take you to do what you're good at because that yep. coach, whatever, maybe that coaching staff doesn't allow you to play the way that you want to play, and it kind of it kind of sets you up for failure for future as far as even if you were to get traded, the other team doesn't know what to expect from you. They see you dump and chasing all the time. And like, maybe that's not what they're looking for. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough spot to be in because you you have to do what the coach says or else you're not going to play. But then if you do what he says, you're not playing your strengths. And then the rest of the world's like, well, what the hell's going on here? He used to be a skilled player that could make plays. Now he's not doing anything. Right. So it's like, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of what I got caught up in, uh, in my last year playing. And I, 
mentally I just like got worn down and I, uh, I had a hard time, uh, finding the love, That's... finding the love for the game again, but, um, I found it. So it's good. I'm happy. That's understandable. I'm, and I'm, yeah. I'm saying, I'm happy you have it back over there and everything like that. And, um, but you know, like you mentioned, I mean, you're not, you're not old, you know, is, is there a road back to you? Is there, is there a world where you want to get back to the NHL or, or are you just like, I'm loving the KHL. I like hockey again. I get to play my sport. Where, where are you at with all that? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have thought about coming back and trying out for a team. Um, that being said, I'm kind of in a spot now where I'm enjoying the game. I'm playing a lot. Um, if I was to go back, it'd be kind of like I was back at like square, square one again. I'd, I'd probably be on the fourth line and I'd have to like work work my way up or I'd be like um, maybe in like the minors or something like that and have to like work my way up to a spot. I, I definitely would do it, but at the same time too, I'm, I'm going to be 29. Um, it's not like I'm old, but it's not, it's not like I'm young. So that kind of be a decision that I have to make. Um, I'm enjoying the game here. Is it worth giving that up to go back? Um, I've already played in the league for seven years. I proved, I, I proved that I can play there. So yeah, I, I'm just going to finish out the year here, um, and see where my head's at. And, um, I don't really have the, the answers for you now, but, oh, yeah. um, it definitely, w- it definitely would be fun to go back and at least try to make a team. Um, so, yeah. Where are you well, guys – excuse me, pardon me for not knowing. Where ahead. are you guys at with the season uh, currently in the KHL? Uh, we are six games in. Our team oh, okay. currently four and two. We finished nice. last uh, last season. Our team this year is actually really good. We have uh, a bunch of young – a bunch of young kids that came back um, from juniors in the American League that are Belarusian. Um, and then we have, I think, eight or nine imports, three three Canadians and Americans on passports, and then five imports. So our team's been doing well. So I, w- I was curious about that because I, I didn't know, you know, is, there, is it tough to, to switch over to the KHL as far as um, maybe – like communication purposes. I mean, there's a lot of players that come to the NHL who, who can hardly speak English to start. Um, and they end up, you know, it ends up working out for them, but was it tough to sort of start out there as far as coming from the States or from Canada? Um, yes and no. Uh, in terms of the culture, it took me a long time to figure out how to take like a taxi, how to call a taxi. Yeah. Um, just like little things of like explaining, like turn left here or go straight or go right. Or I'd like to get out here or in the grocery store. Like I'm looking for this or I'm looking for that. That took me probably the longest time because, um, the majority of people don't speak English. Um, I'd probably say around 10% of people and their English isn't great. Um, guys on my team, I think last year there was five guys that didn't speak English. Uh, this year I there's only one that doesn't speak English. Oh, okay. um, so the majority of the team, they all speak English, but I, I can pretty much speak like simple stuff like hello and goodbye and how are you? I'm good. Thank you. 
I want this or I want that. Like I, I can say all that. Um, and I'm still, still trying to learn, but, um, no, it, 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 it wasn't hard to come over here. Uh, it helped too because our coach, he's from Canada. Our assistant coach played in the NHL for a long time. All of our coaches, they all speak extremely good English. So, um, it's a good spot here where I am. So how about the the skill and play style? Like how, how much different is that from the NHL? Is it more, I mean, from what I've seen in the KHL is a lot more skill players or a lot more, you know, it's a lot less physical or, or I could be completely off here. So um, please definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but is it, was it a big difference in as far as that goes? It seems that way because the ice is bigger here. So we play on the Olympic ice okay. and then we play on the Finnish ice. Um, so the reason why there's not as much hitting is because there's, there's more space. Yeah. Um, so the Olympic ice, there's no more teams that play on that. So we all play on the finish ice and then there's five teams that play on smaller ice. So finish ice for people that don't know, um, the NHL ice is two, is 200 by 85, I believe. And finish ice is 200 by 92 and a half. So you get seven and a half more feet. And then the big ice is a hundred by 200. Uh, um, that's a big difference. Yeah. Like I, I hate playing on, on the, on the small ice now because our, our home rink is, um, we play on the finish ice. So when I go from the finish ice to the small ice, things just happen a lot faster. Yeah. And when you get used to playing a certain way and having a little bit more time and then that time you don't have it anymore, it just, it throws off your entire game, right? And you're getting hit more, and then there's like, it just, it was really hard to go from playing from the big ice to the small ice. We we play on a Friday night on the big ice, and then Saturday play on the small ice, and that was like, that was extremely hard to do. So um, the style of play, wouldn't say it's more skilled. I just say the ice is bigger, so it appears that 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 kind of way, and it's it's not as um, it's not as grindy. It's, it's not like I feel like the North American style is just like play as fast as you can, get the puck up, get it in, forecheck hard, backcheck hard. Here it's, it's more of a control game. Like when you play against the big teams like Siska and Scott, they don't dump the puck in. They'll, they'll hold it, they'll pull it back. If they don't like a play, they'll throw it back to their D, they'll try to get in. Um, it's just kind of a different style. Yeah, that must be a strange thing to have to almost – you know, switch it up on the fly. I mean, one day you're playing this way and the other, another game you're playing on a smaller rink or, you know, it's, it's not always the same thing, which, you know, obviously out here you're, you're always playing on the same size rink. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely a challenge, uh, but I'm used to it now and it helps with the league. Uh, they're all down to finish the small ice. So, um, that's going to make it simpler for sure. Is there a different game plan going into the, like f- from the coaching perspective of, you know, now you have a little bit of extra time on, on this play or something like that, or is it all sort of, you know, your game plan is your game plan. You guys practice for certain scenarios, whether it is, you know, this, pl- this team or this team. Um, I'd say the systems are pretty much the same. Uh, for me, I- I'd say that the, the only difference that I that I really notice is, is here, a lot of guys will go back with the puck 
because there's more room. Okay. Um, in North America, you're always taught as soon as you get the puck, if you don't have a play, just chip it out and move it forward. Here, at times, yes, that's, that's the thing to do. But a lot of the times, you, you have that extra three and a half feet on each side where you can like go back into your own zone and keep the puck and make a play. Um, and the big ice is like, it's, it sucks to play on the big ice because there'll be some shifts where you don't even touch the puck. You're just chasing it and chasing it and chasing wow. it and you're trying. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun when you have the puck, you never get hit, but it's like some of the games can be a little bit boring because it's just to the outside and it's hard to get a scoring chance. So I, I'd say, I'd say the finish ice is actually the best. It'd be kind of cool to see North America played on the finish ice. I actually think it would be pretty good for the game. You get a little bit of extra room, but not tons. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I'd love to see that too. I, I, I'm always open to seeing different things because it's always fun to try to um, see how players yeah. adapt and stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. So, sorry for that I'm ignorant on this, but how many how many games are in the KHL season? This year we play 59, I believe. Last year was 62. Um, one of the teams, they dropped out of the league, so that is the reason for playing three less games, I believe. Okay. Yeah, so, so normally it's 62. You still have a lot of games ahead of you then. Yeah, we got uh, um, 53 games left. There's 52. Okay. Um, yeah. So... I mean, obviously, you know, we wish you the best on this whole thing. It's so cool to hear about the different, whether it's the NHL, AHL, KHL. It's it's cool to hear all the different perspectives of, you know, you kind of been through it all at this point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to keep you all all there or at this point for you all night because um, I know we're getting kind of late there. But uh, we really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Um, and I, I honestly, I, I think this every time we do an episode that the hour or so that we do is never enough. Um, so, you know, we'd love to talk to you again at some point if you, if you got some time or maybe down the road in the, in the season, when you guys are, um, getting close to the sure, end, yeah. then we would love to catch up and see how things have been going and, and, uh, and check in on the status. Of We're that. almost out of hockey here, yeah. man. We want to, we, we, yeah. <laughs> we got to keep up with you now. Yeah, no, we, uh, it's definitely an exciting year because, um, last season was a long year because our team we couldn't win a game and it was just the team was not doing well. And this year, um, seems like we're doing well now. So it's, uh, an exciting time. Um, so maybe we can talk when, uh, when the playoffs are, I think that's going to be in February or March or something like that. Maybe we can catch up then and talk about the season and how it's gone and all that other kind of stuff. Oh, man, we would, yeah, we would, we would love to do That'd that. That'd be awesome. Man. Yeah. Sure. sure. Well, thanks a lot, eh? Thank you, man. We really appreciate, appreciate you, Ryan, it. man. Thanks, We'll be catching thanks, up with guys. you soon. Kick ass over there, man. Sounds good. Stay safe, guys. Thank you. You too. Likewise. Thanks.